Hello, Mage fans. This is Adam Simpson speaking for Mage the Podcast. Today, I have a short episode planned. The last two episodes I offered were uh, discussions of adventures for Mage the Ascension, uh, talking about planning, uh, reviewing uh, past it, uh, published adventures, and also offering some ideas. So the first one in that series was for, uh, well, at least aimed at beginning storytellers, talking about how to plan chronicles of your own with one possible method. The second episode was for intermediate storytellers offering just different ideas and some discussion of um, ways to structure a chronicle that are not tried as often, at least in my experience. And so I was planning on uh, capping this off with an episode for the advanced storyteller. And uh, I had to take a look in the mirror and realize I may not be an advanced storyteller. So I imagine that when advanced storytellers get together, they... Uh, trade advice. Uh, they share stories of the chronicles that they have run in the past and discuss the lessons that they have learned. So in that spirit, today I'm going to offer uh, a chronicle that I ran in the past and uh, share the lessons that I learned after that concluded. Uh, this was uh, some years back and I ran a uh, Mage the Ascension Chronicle online there was a uh, chat uh, website that was started by White Wolf Game Company itself. And so I was uh, the mage storyteller uh, out of a, a group of five or six storytellers. And I decided that since I was running a chronicle for people that I did not know offline, they, they really weren't friends of mine, at least at the start, uh, I decided that I'd better have a large, a complex uh, setting uh, with several different storylines going on, so that there's going to be something for everyone. I expected that there would be a high turnover, since online games get a lot of different people signing on from week to week. Uh, this would be the way to go. Uh, I set up a uh, what is often called a sandbox setting, four different storylines that were unrelated, at least at the start. These four different settings had their own villains, their own NPCs, their own interesting uh, locations, and they could run independent so that the players had the choice of engaging with one storyline for a while, dropping it, moving to another, uh, going back and forth between four different options as often as they liked. And uh, I just assumed that uh, they would be moving around a lot. And if I kept my notes up, I could keep all four plates uh, spinning at once. And as it turned out, I was uh, my initial assumption was wrong. The group of players decided that one of the storylines was uh, very interesting. Uh, they wanted to get into that. And the other three, they mostly ignored, not entirely. They would check in on them every once in a while. Uh, one NPC from one of the storylines would appeal to one of the players, and so they would want to catch up with that uh, non-player character. And maybe one of the other uh, storylines had a villain that was so interesting that uh, one of the other players would want to hear some uh, news about that from different NPCs that they would find in Chicago. But for the most part, the one storyline uh, took their attention. And even though I had different players from week to week, uh, that was the case. And so I just assumed, well, I guess that storyline is the interesting one. And the other three just weren't written very well. Uh, that was my thinking. Uh, turns out later, I started to learn that there, at least at that time, there was a common uh, template for a lot of World of Darkness games. Um, not for everyone, of course, but a large number of people had a mindset for World of Darkness uh, uh, role-playing chronicles that the storyteller 
would do his or her work up front and write a very good story and then offer that to the players. Now, this story was a complete one with a beginning, a middle, and an end, uh, a sense of uh, direction, um, thought about which scenes would follow which other scenes, and the players were expected to uh, play through this. And the players had it in their mind that um, if they followed along with that plan, that they were good sports and that they would receive a, a good, intelligently planned uh, story from the storyteller. And so um, a lot of people were on board with this. Now, of course, not everyone. Uh, a lot of people were uh, doing their own thing. But um, for the most part, that was the expectation of a large number of people back in the uh, 1990s, early 2000s for World of Darkness games and may still be to this day. So my players had this mindset that uh, there was one story for them and they thought that I was trying to be clever by offering these other distractions and local color, you know, decoration, basically, uh, to make the setting seem more detailed and interesting. But really, there was the one story, and they were supposed to do that. And so once they had some momentum going in one of the stories uh, out of the four in the sandbox, they just stuck with it. They just kept going. And even though different players would show up, the players that were there the week before would tell them, hey, this is, this is what we're doing. This is what this is all about. And so they stuck with it. It took me a while to realize this, and so I decided, well, that must be the most interesting story out of the four. Uh, I'll just uh, continue with that, uh, give the players what they want, uh, certainly not a crime. And this continued for some time, and I really wasn't any the wiser, uh, until one of the players was poking around in one of the side storylines and discovered that there was a Nefondus, uh, a villain mage, um, uh, from the Nefondi in the city of Chicago. And that changed everything. That was a red flag for the entire group of players. Once that information came from that one player to the rest of the group, they decided, whoa, this is the big mystery that we have been ignoring, uh, and uh, this is what we have to focus on now. They decided that a Nefondus was definitely a more important and more evil uh, villain than anything else that's going on in the city. Uh, they thought that I was being a clever storyteller and offering them a detailed distraction to get them off the scent. Uh, they thought that it was their job to use their th critical thinking skills and their investigation skills to find the real story and the main villain and uh, solve that problem. And then once that was done, they thought the entire chronicle was done. So they chased after that Nefondus. They dropped everything that they were doing in the storyline that they had been so invested in up until that point. And as a storyteller, I was kind of confused because uh, the Nefondus I had on the scene was uh, really um, a minor player. He had uh, the goal of uh, manipulating uh, an NPC on the scene, and uh, he was eventually going to steal a talisman. It's like a magic item in uh, uh, Mage the Ascension. And then he was going to disappear from the scene, and that was going to be the end of it. It was, it was really small potatoes, uh, to be honest. But the players uh, were convinced that this was the main villain, and they had to get him. And they, they thought that was their job. They thought I was expecting them to uh, act intelligently on this clue that came up during play. So they focused all of their attention on this one storyline, which had been really a minor one, almost ignored up until that point. And so the whole focus of the Chronicle changed, and... 
I was a little confused because I thought you were so interested in this one story before, and now you're dropping it, and you're still not engaging much with these other two uh, stories in the sandbox setting. So, you know, what, what's really going on here? I guess I just am not doing a very good job as a storyteller in communicating with my players, you know, what the what the situation is. So uh, I decided to um, make up for my shortcomings and. Uh, during the game sessions that followed, I gave them hints. Um, I had NPCs show up and tell them, hey, this situation over in this part of the city is still going on. Uh, there's a villain over here, and he's just you know, acquired this uh, ability. And uh, isn't that frightening? Aren't you concerned about this? Uh, there's, there's more going on in the city of Chicago than what you are focusing on just now. And I thought this would uh, open up the players to new possibilities. But no, I, I was wrong. The players... Uh, really thought that I was trying to offer clever distractions to get them off the scent, and that they had to stay on it like bloodhounds until they caught that Nefondus and uh, shut down his plans. And so they, they kept uh, letting me know that, oh, uh, we see you're a clever storyteller. Yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We see what you're doing, but you're not going to fool us. Uh, we are good players, and uh, we know what's up. So uh, after a couple of weeks of this in the uh, game sessions, I decided, well, um, this is really not working out. Uh, I've, I've got this really vibrant, uh, interesting, uh, intricate setting for my players, and they have this mistaken idea that they're focusing on only 25% of it. So it is time to get this chronicle back on track. It's it's time to uh, put my foot down and uh, start off the next game session with a serious talk to the players and say, uh, look everybody, uh, you made a mistake, you got it wrong, you just didn't understand it, I'm going to set you straight now, I'm going to tell you how this chronicle is structured, what your options are, and believe me, you're going to appreciate it once you see the truth here, once, once you have my understanding of the chronicle. And so I thought about that uh, a little more, and I decided, uh, does it really need to be this way? Um, I understand that uh, you know role-playing fans say that the game master is always right, or with the world of darkness, uh, the storyteller is always right. There's some truth to that, but some truth to that, not absolute truth. Uh, a lot of times the storyteller has a certain game plan in mind, and that's uh, very interesting for the storyteller, but not as interesting for the players. And so for the storyteller to insist on his own way can detract from the fun that the players are having sometimes. And so I decided, well, maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Maybe I'm the one who doesn't get it. Uh, so I decided maybe I can give the players uh, what they want. Uh, maybe the player expectations are not such a bad thing. Um, if I avoid hitting the reset button here and instead uh, change my chronicle around, uh, maybe I could restructure it and give them what they want. Uh, this is not uh, necessarily a failure on my part as a storyteller. Um, if they're showing up every week, uh, if I'm filling all my player slots and players tell me that they're having a good time, they they probably are. So so I did that. I took a Saturday afternoon. I sat down, looked at all my notes and said, uh, all right, it's time to replumb the works. It's time to change almost everything here. I took the uh, 
uh, Nefondus uh, plot and the minor uh, NPC there that was being manipulated. And I said, okay, time to change things around. This Nefondus is no longer small potatoes. Now he is an ancient, powerful Nefondus who has grand, far-reaching plans, and he has been a major problem for uh, awakened society since back in the Middle Ages. There's going to be uh, clues and hints written down by mages hundreds of years ago talking about this uh, terrible villain. And uh, he's got a plan to lay waste to the whole city of Chicago, and he's going to pull a giant, uh, uh, chthonic, uh, evil spirit from beyond the deep umbra uh, into the world and uh, cause terrible problems even after the city is destroyed. Uh, now, I know this sounds a little melodramatic, but uh, really from talking to the players, a lot of them were expecting this. A lot of them were actually excited about this uh, possibility. They, they thought that was going to be awfully cool. And they were just waiting for it to come out in the story. So, okay, let it come out in the story. Um, those those stories can be a lot of fun. I've read my H.P. Lovecraft, just like a lot of other Mage fans. And I, I thought that he was a, a very creative author. So, hey, let's do it. Um, I decided one Nefondus was no longer enough. I took... Um, uh, two more Nefondi lieutenants and assigned them to the boss Nefondus and said, okay, these two lieutenants are going to have their own personalities, their own backstories, their own uh, you know, dramatic interest. Uh, I'm going to make them a little more powerful than the players so that they can uh, the players can jump them in, in twos or threes and you know, to some degree gang up on them and still have a fight worth talking about. And um, put that... Uh, in the can, ready to go for the next uh, game session. I looked at my other three uh, situations in the sandbox setting of Chicago, and I decided, all right, uh, this first one, I'm just going to uh, phase it out. I'm going to put it on the back shelf, not worry about it anymore. Um, players aren't into it, and uh, I don't need it. Uh, the second uh, of these additional situations, I said, well, this really is going to be a distraction that the Nefondi uh, coordinated to get in the player's way. Uh, I'm going to let the players uh, suddenly be right about that. And then the uh, last situation, I said, th this one really interests me as a storyteller. I've got some great NPCs here. I really like uh, what could happen here. I just can't let go of it. So I don't have to. I'm going to put it on ice. I'm going to uh, freeze it in a sense, uh, say that there's no further developments, uh, something happens that uh, puts the villains into a delay, and I'm going to use this later on down the road after the dust settles from the whole Nefondi battle. I'll do what I want with it. Uh, don't have to let go of everything. And so I went back to the players the next week and I gave them the chronicle that they were waiting for. I gave them terrible Nefondi trying to destroy the city. Uh, the players are uh, reacted to it right away. They wanted to uh, track down those lieutenants and fight them. From there, they wanted to track down the main Nefondus in his uh, small umbral uh, lair, uh, sort of a mini horizon realm that he had created. They got a dramatic speech from the uh, boss Nefondus before they fought with him, and uh, I, I was rewarded as a storyteller because during this uh, speech that I had written from the main villain, all the players were absolutely quiet. Um, as far as I could tell, they were taking it in. Uh, you, normally, there's a lot of player chatter with online games. So they had the big battle with him. They fought him to a standstill, and in the end, they weren't sure if they killed him or if he escaped. It just wasn't clear, and... Uh, uh, one of the players said that was that was the way it ought to be. So um, maybe that was a good decision on my part. 
After that, the players were uh, in high spirits. They decided that they had done it. They had solved this big uh, cataclysmic problem. They saved the city, and uh, they were just waiting for their accolades and praises from the Council of Nine Mystic Traditions for averting a disaster. And uh, just like they expected, a messenger showed up and said, you uh, must go to Horizon Chantry, the headquarters of the Council of Nine Mystic Traditions, right away. Uh, they've got to speak to you. And so the players all uh, went through the portal. They went to Horizon Chantry, expecting to be praised. Instead, they were handcuffed. They were put on trial for trying to destroy the city of Chicago. They were absolutely flabbergasted. They could not understand it. And uh, that was a, quite a uh, story that uh, came after the first Chronicle. But that's another story, and really I should go into it another time. Uh, for now, I just wanted to share the uh, two lessons that I took away after running this Chronicle uh, for so many months uh, online for my players. I learned that the storyteller uh, doesn't always have to be right. Uh, it is, it is uh, fine for a storyteller to change gears in the middle of a chronicle. Um, there's this assumption that uh, adventure writing is a lot like novel writing. You've got to have the end in mind. You've got to have a beginning, middle, and an end. They should all be constructed carefully and very well. Uh, every scene should flow into uh, another scene reasonably, and the characters may set the pace, but they uh, shouldn't set the series of events. And uh, sometimes that works really well and can be a lot of fun, but not always. Sometimes it can lead you into a uh, situation where you as a storyteller are stuck and you don't know how to get back on track, and uh, you need to realize that there doesn't need to be a track. Not necessarily. You can change uh, direction in the middle of your chronicle and say, well, this isn't working, but uh, hey, there's a lot of information I know as a storyteller, the players don't. I can just change it behind the scenes and they'll be none the wiser. We can continue in a new direction. And that can be uh, very satisfying. That can be a lot of fun. Uh, second lesson I learned is uh, quite uh, connected to the first, and that is uh, sometimes the best stories are not planned at all. And uh, some storytellers will come to the table with nothing in mind, and they simply react to the players, and they do it all improv. I'm not that talented, so I come to the uh, gaming table with a plan, but I don't hold on to that plan very tightly. Uh, I, I hold it loosely. Um, I, I let things go. If the players have different expectations, or even if there's some kind of a misunderstanding, it might be a really interesting misunderstanding, and I can build on that. So... Listen to your uh, players uh, while you are running the Chronicle for them. Uh, react to what's going on at the table. Don't be too rigid in sticking to the plan that you have because uh, the players might throw you a curveball that is more interesting than what you had in mind. And uh, you can even build a Chronicle that is a lot of fun for your players and you by uh, taking part of your plan, mixing it together with uh, some things that the players want, coming up with something entirely new. So don't be afraid to innovate. Don't be afraid to uh, change the plan. And uh, don't be too rigid as a storyteller because a lot of fun is totally unexpected. And that's okay. So that's uh, my uh, takeaway from running a Mage Chronicle. Hopefully uh, there's something in that that can benefit those of you listening in today. Uh, so... Signing off for the Adventure Writing Series, this is Adam Simpson for Mage the Podcast. You can find us online at magethepodcast.com. You can listen to past episodes there and see what we're up to. 
can also follow us on Twitter at MageThePodcast. Uh, please subscribe to Mage the Podcast on iTunes. And uh, also, you know, if you enjoyed the episode today, there are probably other people who would enjoy it too. And if you give us a review on iTunes, you make it a lot easier for other people to find it when they're doing their own searches for role-playing content or mage content or something similar. You can also find us on Google Play and the TuneIn app, so you have more options now for where you would like to listen to us. So enjoy your chronicles. Enjoy your planning for the game sessions. Enjoy changing gears during your game sessions. Uh, There's a lot about uh, Mage the Ascension to enjoy, and I hope that you can see each and every part of it. So this is Adam Simpson signing off. Have a great week, everyone, and uh, hopefully I'll have a chance to talk to you later. Bye-bye.